Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that strives to be loved by thousands but hated by millions hate 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 <laughs> my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're closing out december with a death defined double feature as we try to place in 1975's death race 2000 and 2008's death race and whether or not you have been intimate with Calamity Jane or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your Frankenhole. And if you do happen to have Wi-Fi in your killer car, uh, you can find us out on social media, of course. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on the Book of Face, where we have an events tab, which again leads to... Shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. <laughs> the over-under right now on not only that, but whether or not you're going to have a voice after we record this, genius. You need to pace Take yourself. Take your bets now, folks. Pace yourself, my friend. Well, this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, December 18th. And if you're in the Kansas City area... Ooh, it's the most wonderful time of the year, almost. Again? Yeah, <laughs> second most wonderful time of the year. Well, on that very Friday at Screenland Armor... Ooh! <laughs> something we didn't know whether or not was going to happen again this year. Oh, but it's gonna. Like a Christmas miracle. Mm-hmm. Our sixth Christmas with the nerds. Oh, we're making that list and we're checking it twice. Uh, naughty and nice... Oh, oh yeah. are welcome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially the naughty, mm -hmm. because we have three holiday-themed films. Yes. And the lineup is secret. Sci-fi, mystery, and horror. I think all are represented yeah. in what we have yeah. ready, and I, I'm i excited with this one. Me too. And past films that we have showed have included uh, Joe Lynch's Everly. Uh -huh. I Come in Peace. Uh, we've uh, Rare Exports. Invasion USA. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Santa's motherfucking sleigh. Whoa, bitch. I know. I love Santa's sleigh. Get out the way, right? Oh, that is such a good movie. So if those are the kind of movies that sound like they're up your alley, please head on out. Oh, yeah. Cannot wait for that. But then the very next night. I'm stoked for this lineup, actually. I'm really looking forward to it. I've, I, you know, I can vet the first two. Uh-huh. But I'm going in blind on the third. Yeah. And one genius McGee, we were actually talking off mic because <laughs> he's like, oh, I think you're going to really love this third one. It's, you know, it's it's we're not giving anything away here, but you're it's like, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But it's been a minute since I've seen it. <laughs> so I was like, OK, why don't we put in a little bit of a disclaimer then as we're introducing <laughs> this film? Because I am I'm blind. I think you'll I be, trust you. I think you'll be charmed. Me, 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 me. I think you'll be charmed. OK, well, yeah, yeah. Take me in, take me in. But the yeah. very next night, another tradition here at Screenland, whether at Tapcade or at Armor, we hope you have been good. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you are going to be punished. <laughs> you know what happens, really? <laughs> oh, a tradition par none. Silent Night, Deadly Night. So good. So, so good. good. You mentioned probably your favorite commentary we've done. Absolutely. It is my favorite commentary we've done. Well, there are... And we've done some really good... I mean, not to toot our own horn, but toot toot. We've done some good ones, I, I think. I, I, I but think I don't listen to <laughs> You don't have a lot to go by right, on the other right. side. <laughs> my bar is pretty low on a lot of things. So... That's why, that's why I frequent your bar, my friend, okay? <laughs> the drinks are cheap. <laughs> but we have another classic genre here that is guaranteed to also make you walk away feeling a little uh, icky old boy is going to be screening this weekend Ooh, that movie the the hallway hammer scene alone is worth the price of it's an all-timer especially on the big screen sushi warning yes <laughs> squiggly diddly triggers yeah most definitely but 
if the genre is not up your alley and you are more of a Christmas fan, mm-hmm. Screenland also has you taken care of this weekend with screenings of Scrooged, which is an all-time Niagara Falls Frankie Jr. Oh, yeah. White Christmas. Oh, man, boom, 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 boom. The pilot's time to celebrate Christmas now. <laughs> a Bob Clark Christmas classic. A Christmas story. Ah, oh, rats. We'll get to the other one. <laughs> and, of course, A Wonderful Life. Yeah. And, uh, Merry Christmas, movie house! Everything that can make you feel good, quite honestly, it's going to hit you. I love Christmas story, though. Like, I'm a fan. Genuinely, it's it's not Christmas until, like, Red Rider BB gun. Until you've seen the leg lamp. Yeah, exactly. There are certain things that fall as tradition. We totally understand mm-hmm. that here on the show. And hopefully you can include us within that tradition as well at Screenland. And if you're not feeling like going indoors, that's fine. You can help support by going to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can rent. Or head over to patreon.com slash screenland, mm-hmm. where you can become a member of their film family and get access to, amongst other things, our Shutter Shoutouts. Mm-hmm. Which last one was fun. Yes, it was. Happy birthday, Christmas. We had a chance. We streamed, so we streamed two films off of Shutter. Now, of course, if you do not have Shutter, there are a number of uh, seven-day trial codes that you can throw in. But right. we had a chance. We watched the Christmas anthology Recent uh, classic, mm-hmm. All the Creatures Were Stirring. Loved it, loved it. I'm really glad you enjoyed that. <laughs> and a movie that has to be seen to be believed. Yes, it's a fucking wild. Wonderful film called Deadly Games, which Joe Bob actually did. For the thing, that so, one on Christmas Eve for the uh, Save Christmas. Guaranteed it's going to start seeing the light of day now. People are going to discover this. Happy birthday, Christmas. <laughs> the, the majesty of the mullet and the Bonnie Tyler Christmas. <laughs> All of those things now. Merry Christmas. If you would like to know where that goes <laughs> and get access to a customized pre-show trailer reels intro and post-film discussions yep again that is just the tip of the tier that we have to offer over at screenland uh, a number of things please come and help them out support especially here during the holidays yes but if we're talking genius if we're talking film family hey belly oh, wait, wait hey bellies <laughs> hello bellies oh no you've already crossed it now that is FMK, Bronson, Statham, and McShane. Okay, so I would definitely marry um, I would definitely marry Statham, right? Mm-hmm. I'd have to kill Bronson because he's like, he doesn't want to do anything funny. He just seems like he's 100% Kane Tankerish, you know? Actually, I take that back. I'm going to marry Ian McShane. Good morning, honey. Good morning. I hope every, I made you some breakfast and pancakes, right? And, like, that'd be fucking awesome, right? And then I would just get wild and freaky with Jason Statham because, like, you know, it's a megalodon, right? So, like, <laughs> Now, I myself am not going to answer because I knew <laughs> in my heart of hearts just to see the mental gymnastics that Genius would perform with that, <laughs> especially with the voices, was worth it alone. <laughs> but, no, most definitely, we are, of course, talking our latest Patreon pally here. And in this case, because we are so close to the Christmas season, the mm-hmm. holiday season, whatever you are celebrating, a lot of people now are looking for creative ways or creative gift ideas. Yes. And it just turns out, Genius, that a few of the people that are part of our film family are very creative. Very, very creative. And so want to make sure if you have a genre fan in your family, and if you're listening to the show, you probably do, mm-hmm. head on over to Michael Schultz Design over at Etsy and you can find I, a, a number of things. Magical shit. From from masks that will keep you in style and safe to art prints. And there's actually, he's so I do have one. I am actually buying this little cool mask uh, handkerchief kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. a very They Live design. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of wonderful. Well, his uh, Panic Fest poster is hanging on my wall. And so I am... I love his shit. I mean, ever since like, ever since like horror club vendor days. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still do vendor days, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like before the show, I was like, this is cool shit, you know. So your shit, Michael, is fucking rad. And one more thing, werewolf orgies. Wow, wow, better times, better. Actually, you know what? Sadly, that was still this that year. That was still this year. Oh. That was still this fucking year, seems dude. It like seems so, so long, long ago. ago. So Better days when we were just talking of werewolf orgies. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But if we are, of course, staying local here, of course, want to make sure RottenRentals.com. Yes, absolutely. It's a treasure trove of goodness inside of them. Uh, They're old, those VHS clamshells. 
uh, not that they're on the clamshells, but the cases. Yep. But they have some of some of the original dope ass artwork. Mm-hmm. But inside, there's no tape. But there's like card trading cards and tarot cards and stickers and figurines. It's so fucking cool. Perfect stocking stuffer. Absolutely, for absolutely your, for your genre fan. Now, of course, while you're stu- while you are stuffing, 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 stuffing your stockings, uh, maybe oh, he's a, maybe he's out masturbating at Christmas time. <laughs> telling you man i'm smelling toast right now <laughs> let me try this again and when you are stuffing the stockings uh-huh ooh, ooh. there we go <laughs> by the speeches with care like <laughs> <laughs> you could have something on in the background and of course a number of our film family members here have some fantastic podcasts so if you are a genre fan make sure you're checking out amongst others Attack of the Killer podcast mm-hmm. and a number of the other podcasts on the prescribed film podcast network there is, which is a show I know you just recently started, the Harley Freaking Quinn podcast. Mm-hmm. I know you said you've enjoyed that show. Uh, the Black Magic Coven podcast, of course. Yes. Uh, we have... Because m- Supercat, you're fucking rad. All the ladies over there. Immediate Media Rewind, of course. And the Horror Happens podcast. Mm-hmm. Just a few that you can throw in the background there while you are decorating, s- s- stuffing the stockings. I'm going to get through it at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do that in a number of things, a number of ways that you can help our film family yeah. as they have helped us throughout the entirety of this Patreon year, the entirety of the year that 2020 has been. We do appreciate every single one of you out there. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you would like us to plug and promote some of your wares, wax your car, or if you would just like to have access to a what I think is some pretty good content. I think so. I think we've been, again, toot toot. You know, there's been some good. Uh, the the Black Christmas one was fun. Hello. Uh, we, hello. We just recorded a commentary for Black Christmas and released it. And yes, we do indeed talk in depth about Olivia, Olivia Hussey's sweater. Mm-hmm. That for you was a. It's Manos. But for me, it was DDP. I'm telling and, you, we need to put it together. It's reindeers. Putting Torgo in the diamond cutter. cutter. That's what it is. <laughs> so if you'd like to access to that and much more, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. Become a member of our film family. Our film family to your film family. Mm-hmm. All things nice here in the month of December. Yes. And we are, as it turns out, closing out the month of December. Mm-hmm. Now, I realized we probably could have put off the best of episode into the month of january but you know i like to have something it's tradition tradition and we got some good stuff planned we got i oh the month of january actually there is a particular film that i experienced for the first time this year that i know you're going to be experiencing for the first time i'm excited i'm 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 ready my body is ready well and i will let's just say this here in the month of january we're going uh, across the globe Mm -hmm. for horror and that is all we will say but we're closing out the month of December by basically going how we opened the month of December. Yeah. And that is with Carnage. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And uh, was that by accident? Mm, Not necessarily. Uh, it happens, Dance. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. But looking at the original Death Race 2000 from 1975... Around that time in the 70s, we were getting a number of films that were avant-garde, provocative, (laughs) challenging in a lot of ways, because that's really when cinema really started to explode, especially American cinema. Mm -hmm. This is when uh, some of the best movies that people still talk about were being created at that time. Oh, yeah. And even within the world of genre, those B-movies. C movies, D movies. Oh, yeah. That, still exploding. We still talk about those movies today, especially on this show. Well, and especially those kind of movies because they contain certain types of charm. They contain certain tropes that we enjoy. Things we like, like violence and, uh, and you know. Gratuity. Uh-huh. Even though, even though at my older age now, you know, I, I appreciate it. But even watching an older film like this, I'm like, I still know why I like it, <laughs> why I come back yeah. to it. And that's what's kind of incredible with 1975's Death Race 2000. The more I watch this movie, the more I fall in love with it. It is just so insane. It's a live action wacky races with like nudity and blood and like 
social oh, messages. Now, if I do recall right, Squidly Diddly was part of Wacky Races, was he not? He was part of Wacky Races. That's all we're missing. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh no. no. And that's what I want to talk about because I talk about context. For some of our younger listeners out there, they may not know what Wacky Races is. They what is Wacky Races? They might not know any of these things are. We're talking about like going through our list of, of, of they're not going to know what that is. They're not going to know what this is. So Wacky Races was basically the Marvel Cinematic Universe before the Marvel Unit Cinematic Universe. But it was, was Hanna-Barbera. Yes. It was the Hanna-Barbera Universe. They take all these D-list cartoons and background characters. You're thinking Laugh Olympics when it had Scooby-Doo and had all of those. Wacky Races, the old ones in the 70s, had like... some of the lower level. Right. Had like Squidly Diddly and Magilla Gorilla and shit like that. Secret, uh, Super Secret Squirrel. You know, things like that. And like Adamant, right? They had all those people all together. And they would put them in these cars and they would race. Now, in the Laugh Olympics, they did the same thing. But they had like the Scooby-Doers. And they would do like... And they had like... Um, Dynamite. Dynamite. And what's the Dudley do? You know, right? And the A listers. Right, right. But in wacky races, they would all drive cars and they would try and get from one point to another and causing shenanigans. And in the 1970s, car culture was huge. It was at its peak. And this is when you had cats like Hal Needham. Yeah. And putting out some incredible, incredible car movies, uh, White Lightning which I actually prefer more than the sequel Gator, even though that was technically Burt Reynolds' directorial debut. Uh, but there were so many films like that out there. The Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, The Vanishing Point. And then you had the killer car movies in the horror genre. Honk, 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 honk. Right? Yeah. It's, and when you get to, when, and when you cross these genres, and like so many of the movies we really enjoy are the ones when they are able to take multiple genres mm-hmm. and put them in the same sandbox, but make them work because we've talked about it before, there's there's a tough balance that is hard to achieve. Yeah, there's and, on some of them, there's a very serious... In the 70s, you can be the very, very serious, especially in your avant-garde, or you can yeah. be very goofy. Mm-hmm. And it seems like when you can be sillier, you can get away with more shit because it's under the guise of satire. Oh, it's important you mention satire because that's what one thing Death Race 2000 is. It's truly a satire. It's very much a comedy but it has these horror adjacent elements in there being the dystopian for the future mm-hmm. that maybe kind of pre-apocalyptic potentially and the and the violence and the gore killer cars just just running over people i mean there is some dark shit in this i mean euthanasia day you know i mean like <laughs> there's some dark shit in this frankenstein's response to euthanasia day is what cracked me up actually and especially the way it was shot right with the i mean we have people like running over the pope and like doing all these terrible things and talking about like look america is fucked up right now we need to do something meanwhile you have terrorists that are drawing walls on this are drawing <laughs> drawing fucking tunnels on the side of mountains so the cars would go through them. Did we see any of the things that they were carrying that said Acme on the side? Had to have been, because they're all in costumes, everything. Well, well, so let's just say this is directed by Paul Bartel. Yes, wonderful surprise. Beyond wonderful, because I was always familiar with his work uh, directing with Eating Raul, mm-hmm. but I was always more familiar with his work as an actor. In fact, we recently just saw him on the big screen this weekend. Yeah, and Gremlins 2. Gren- <laughs> Which another cartoon? He's he's got those kind of sensibilities, and anyone that works within Corman which was Joe Dante. Yeah. Dante got his start editing a lot of the movies over at New Line. In fact, this is one of those movies that New Line it really helped get New Line started mm-hmm. to the point where they'd eventually get to a Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. and the Lord of the Rings and so forth. But this was they were still fledgling, and this is Roger Corman, and this the, is not the King of Bees. Oh, and that's just it. When you think Corman, and I just, I just watched the Fall of the House of Usher for the first time from 1960, um, starring a mustacheless Vincent Price, which Ooh. it's a little disturbing. It's a little unsettling, and he's got this bleach blonde hair. But it's a great movie, wonderful movie, classy, yeah, very classy, very classy. Nair a boob, any of the, any of the, the, the bees. Were abound. Flash forward a few years later, he's making Galaxy of Terror, and like, <laughs> and that's just it. At the very end, at the very end, it was you know directed by Roger Corman. I'm like, oh wow, wow, the things I classy, nor- the things I normally <laughs> anticipate, and that's my own thing because those are the only of the his films, mm-hmm. primarily the ones that he produced, 
in the early, late 70s into the 80s that are the ones that we're probably more familiar with. Oh, yeah. Like Rock and Roll High School Forever? Hell yeah. Oh, God, yeah. A lot of fun movies. Yeah. But also some problematic movies. Galaxy of Terror. Galaxy of Terror looking right at you over there. (laughs) Uh, I would even say uh, just in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness when we talked about humanoids from the deep. Yeah. That is a problematic movie. And what's messed up is the fact that a lot of the problematic stuff comes post-production because of what he feels has to be in the film to sell it. Mm -hmm. And that's what's kind of crazy when you look at the Corman formula is it's set up to sell. It's to make movies and to make movies that sell. Oh, yeah. People love these things. But it was a different time. And like, another time, another place. Truly, in the nineteen there was no. It's so hard, I think, for people to understand just how powerless we were without the internet. When we had no knowledge at our fingertips, when that knowledge had to be earned. Yeah, we've talked about the discipline of a lot of these movies and getting through them. Exactly, because it's not you. First of all, you had to go and find out yes. about these movies first. It was. It wasn't like you were fed. It wasn't ads all the time in your face like it is now. You had to figure out, oh, okay, what is this movie that's playing? I've never heard of this. Let's go and see this. And, like, sometimes you won, sometimes you lost. But yet at the same time, there was a discipline. Like, even today, you say Roger Corman movies, and people will be like, well, I don't know if I'm in the mood for that. Kind of along the lines of trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, on trauma things, sometimes you have to be ready for it. I have to prepare myself for that. Yeah. It's not for everybody. And not to say if it is for you, more power to you. Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. But at the same time, I, I don't know if I can handle poultry guys at the drop of a hat. You know what I'm saying? I have to like, okay, cool. I'm ready for this one. No, I completely get it. And I, I, I champion their philosophy just in terms of do it yourself. Like anyone can be a filmmaker. And I do remember being drawn to a lot of the Corman-esque productions, especially the VHS cover art. Oh, yeah. It was always substantially better. Well, because back in the day, we did want to see violence and nudity and, like, monsters doing terrible (laughs) shit or things like that, you know? I mean, look, still do this day. I still want to see monsters doing terrible shit and violence and nudity and all that good stuff. Well, and it comes to context, though. Yeah. And I always joke that I was raised on these kind of movies, but I might be one of the most harmless person on the planet. You know, it's precisely because of the fact that I was fortunate enough to have parents that were like, you know what? This is fake. It's a fantasy world. You can be creative in there and do th- and And that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. And growing up on these movies, being fascinated by them, you know, there are. But I know there are probably some people out there that are raised on these movies as well. And maybe, you know, but that's another discussion. I want to drive in a death race. I remember what I remember one of the first times I watched this movie. I was probably way too young, obviously. But I do remember being kind of bored by it yeah you know i I think i remember seeing it on tnt and kind of being bored by it too but it wasn't until later on that i finally got the jokes oh well and it to me it and i distinctly remember it looked like an old movie and i know that sounds because i was young i I get no discipline no and even for an older not it's not an old movie okay technically it is an older movie it's an old movie now (laughs) i know uh that's set in the future which is is kind of funny of course but you know what at the same time i think that i i think to kids today they're a little bit more used to that older stuff and they know there's like a little because i i think because there's so much of it around that they're used to it back in the day i remember being like old stuff is stupid you Mm -hmm. know because like it didn't like spark and it 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 didn't look new. Mm-hmm. It had didn't that, have that sheen. No, it did not. It had that old, the old smell to it. But I've gotten older now, and I've learned to appreciate it. And it's been a while since I've rewatched this. It's probably been a good at least fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And rewatching it now with older eyes, now that I'm going, holy shit, that's Martin Cove. Oh, I forgot Mary Warrenoff is in right? this. And then all those things come into play, and. The satire works wonderfully. Mm-hmm. The comedy hits amazingly. The violence when it hits is is disturbingly wonderful. It's, it's so <sighs> campy and charming. And this is a this is a fun movie. Yeah, this is a truly fun movie. I had such a blast watching it this time that I'm glad. And that's when I had a. Ch- I was looking back at almost like the relationship with the movie, just because mm-hmm. of where it starts and where it is now the baggage we bring, all the shit that we've learned, and oh my goodness, 
I'm glad the 44 years I've existed on this planet led me to the screening because it was so much fun. Yeah. See, it is. And like I said, it grows on me the more I see it. I think maybe about a year or so ago, I hosted this down um, at at the Alamo. Yeah. And I remember loving it then. But watching it again this time, it plays a lot differently from just the year and a half, two years since and I last even, saw it. That's even with a theater and a crowd. Yeah, it as was well. fun as shit. That's the thing about this movie. If you go in knowing that it's a cartoon, wacky races, you're going to have a good time because it's nonsensical. Oh. It's got a lot of good points and things it wants to say and a lot of message, but it's also like so goofy. Well, and it's it's a Corman movie. Yeah. So the fact that, yes, there are some very prescient things going on here that I definitely give it a heady tone, but that tone it's exists for like two seconds. Yeah. And then it's like, OK, let's get back to <laughs> You know, it's just goofiness. Let's well, and look, let's look at our lineup of racers here because uh, even as a kid, the one that I recognized first and foremost, yo, hey, uh, you know, this is right after the Italian Stallion, hey, Sylvester Stallone, my big break and now I'm born. Way before the, the Rocky, there there is something so wonderfully young yes. about him. But Just, he's an asshole. He's a terrible person in this movie. And it's so funny because it's like, Rocky, you're not supposed to behave like that. Come on, Rock. What would John Rambo do? Not that, you know? Well, this is why I love Stallone and why I think, obviously, you know, Dustin would be the first one to defend him. But I've always felt he's been unfairly maligned, a lot like Schwarzenegger of his acting due to the the delivery and the yeah. speech. But Stallone, I've always felt, has been a good actor. Mm-hmm. He was very aware. He knew his strengths. And very smart man. He did a great job in this movie. <laughs> he made a great villain. Machine Gun Joe is just such a... It's everything in here, again, cartoonish, pro-wrestling-esque. Yeah. To the point where your navigators are more like your valets or your managers. It's un freaking real now even though he's an abusive person in this movie it's still like he one he gets his comeuppance oh yeah of course of course it's just so ridiculous you know none of this movie is serious but he eats i I swear he eats weird in real life do you think is is stallone an alien and we've only caught glimpses at him trying to figure out what humans do when it comes to food with cobra Uh uh-huh go back to our episode the scissors and the pizza and what was he doing with the was it chowder it was clam sauce it was the sauce yeah and he just the sauce makes the dish but apparently <laughs> <laughs> miles of rambo but like he's over there just chewing away at it like i'm the one with the power and i'm the one with the clam sauce oh and throws the clam sauce but like every time we see him eat in a movie he's... it's weird like even in uh the second part of cobra he wants a hamburger right and he wants a he wants a fries with your ketchup right it's just like he eats weird. I, either he is an alien or he is just giving us some private insight to how he looks the way he does. It takes discipline and willpower and a lot of, you know, scissor pizza. You got to do what you got to do. He is an alien and it, the suit doesn't quite fit right. And that's why it was like this. So, like, he wants to be, I want to be an actor. Nobody takes you seriously, right? I mean, he's probably fucking brilliant, like P.A. and Dolph Lundgren style. I, I'm secrets he, of the universe. But he, he, I just got to eat my pizza. But people like us are sitting there going, hur, 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 <laughs> right? while he's laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> right? I don't get me wrong. I'd say none of this shit to his face. I'm like, hello, Mister Stallone. You're awesome. I love you as machine gun. Well, Joe. no, to me, actually, this just strengthens my love of his filmography. Yeah, the fact that he gets his start like a lot of people. And trashy genre fair by Corman. Yes, by Corman. <laughs> and then just a year later, we've got him in Rocky. And then that's, and I mean, just another another way that he mm-hmm. went. He could have gone so many different ways. Um, we get uh, Mary Warrenov. Yes, Calamity Jane. Wonderful, the wonderful Mary Warrenov. 1975, Mary Warrenov. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you all know. I think we've both admitted definitely a, a thing mm-hmm. from Miss Warrenov and. I'd forgotten of the the care of the drivers at the end of a long day. Oh, yeah. And the rub downs. Well, and the fact that, like, there's nudity on live TV and nudity and violence. Welcome to the future, ladies and gentlemen. I kind of, are we not really within that future at this point? The 
the politics in this movie, again, very prescient in terms of a totalitarian state keeping people in line by some like opiate for the masses sporting event, Mm -hmm. which, you know, think Running Man. Yeah. Hunger Games, Battle Royale, a number of films that, you know, very well-worn territory. And I love the way they did this. Now you're grinning, though. Well, I was thinking about the other cavalcade of the, the other ones. Uh, we also had uh, the, the Till of the Hun. Oh, oh. Matilda oh. the Hun. Be, and, and, uh, and her co-pilot, Herman the, the German. German. Listen, listen. And here recently, because I w- watched um, Blood Diner not too long ago, mm-hmm. where they have a Hitler horn section. There's a lot of like odd Nazi representation in these it's, movies we've been watching recently. Randomly, randomly, but it's funny because it's very simple math is they're always the bad guy. Yeah. Not hard to figure out. Like in wacky races, you know, there was you'd always know who the bad guy was. Had a mustache, I'm sure. <laughs> but, but she is pretty reprehensible. Yeah, she is. And then she fights with Mary Warnov, like nude wrestling live on TV. It's wild. So, you, do you remember you talk about the Laugh Olympics they had in the animated thing? Do you remember when they would get like the the seventy stars and the eighty stars, and they would do those kind of things, um, like Battle of the Network Stars, Battle of the Network Stars, or the or the, the when they when they would do the circus ones, yes, Circus uh, of the Stars. Why didn't we get the background like in the locker room where you'd have you would have like Bruce Jenner battling uh, like. Um, Oh my God! What, which film critic would it have been? Oh, Gene Shalit, <laughs> and Gene Shalit's juggling three chainsaws. The trick is to keep it in balance so you don't chop off your hand. Drew <laughs> <laughs> cuts off some of his hand. <sighs> that all I'm saying is <laughs> they missed out because that's what. I would have tuned in for. I loved watching this at this point. It was wonderful. And yes, pervy 44-year-old Greg was like, oh, snap. That's 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 some that's a lot of Mary Warnoff right there. That's a lot of Mary Warnoff. But she was badass. She's all wonderful. Of them, all of them are badass. But then it gets to that whole like rivalry they have between the two of them when especially like the fact that Mary Warnov's Calamity Jane sidekick is just taking care of the business and just runs over it. Runs over him. That's and she, I believe she says a line like, "Well, that's what you know. What what am I supposed to do? Yeah, ten points, right? And then like, oh yeah, and it was like really good driving. Like it was really, it was a very good scene. But the fact that they had the cartoon music in the background again, then meanwhile. The terrorists come and paint, like, the, the fake tunnel? That may have been. And I, when I'm watching it happening going, okay, the detour sign, I was like, oh, my God, they're literally, it's the equivalent of just painting the big hole in the wall. And, of course, it works because I think Paul Bartel knew as long as you do make it more comedic, mm-hmm. as long as you're not leaning too heavily into the violence, you can get away with that. But the violence is insane that they have. Oh, yeah, no, but it's still comical and they play it as such now if you took away the cartoonic sensibilities this movie would play completely differently yeah it would play a lot like a little bit more like the the, you know, the remake that we watched with you know but no sense of humor but it's the self-awareness of the film i think is what works mm-hmm. because it is aware of the fact that yes it is speaking on a horrible possible it's always possible nightmare scenario of a, a bad regime and, of course, what we as the United States, we just fall in line with everything. And I think that's what it goes at. Again, doesn't lean in too heavily to it because then we're going to have David Carradine in his skivvies and a mask. Fucking Kane. Do, doing a waltz. It is a, a half naked bondage AM gold waltz. <laughs> So weird. It wasn't all right with me. No, it wasn't. Uh, you know what? Actually, I even remember back in the day watching this with David Carradine. Going, what the fuck is this? Very much so, because I was confused. I There were a number of films growing up that I was not Hellraiser-esque too young to watch and not understand because of the adult nature, but I this to me, I didn't understand the cartoon elements. If I was going to watch a cartoon... I was going to watch a cartoon. Exactly. But now as an adult... Th- th- these are so much like so many of these films are the frosted mini wheats. <laughs> the adult in me yeah. loves the the uh, satirical take on <laughs> on yeah. politics and, and 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 race relations. 
<laughs> well, the kid in me loves watching the cars go boom off cliffs. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's very simple. It is. But it works. It totally works. It is. And then, then the satire works on it, too, because even that is funny. Like, oh, it's those bastardly French that have done us in again. And that's what it is. And then the whole, like, media is lying to you. Like, it oh, looks it- like Attila the Hunt... Got 50 points right now. We'll be back. Government propaganda. It's very real, and but done in such a wonderful filter. And even the point system. The point system cracked me up. That was the one thing that I, I think as a young kid always stood out to me because I thought it was absurd. And the fact that I believe they said now over over 75 now, 75 and above, it's 100 points. 100 points. And then toddlers, toddlers remain at 40. Yes. Which I'm just like, I love the discrepancy between the two. And as you mentioned, this cross-country event where the drivers are kind of going out against each other, but really it's for time and points, and Mm -hmm. by points you kill kill people. people. You kill people. And And then the fact that they, like, that's not only sanctioned by the government, but there's people willing to give their lives for these races. Fans of the the Frankenstein army. Right, the Frankenstein army. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, willing to, like, lay their lives down. And then the fact that people go out and, like, will taunt the racers, like Mary Warnoff and the Toro guy. Right? That was a funny scene. Every scene with Mary Warnoff was even, like, the funniest scene. Like, Paul Bartel's like, I got you. I got got you, boo. I got you, boo. Everyone was able to play to their strengths. Mm -hmm. For the most... Even Martin Cove. Martin Cove, who I was always familiar with... I think everyone is familiar with he's Crease, uh, Keys from uh, Karate Kid. Uh huh. You know, strike hard, strike. There's there. <laughs> drive hard, drive fast, no mercy. That's the death race way. And he's playing Nero. So Nero, it, the hero who gets blown the fuck up by oh, a baby bomb, a baby bomb. That that's Acme baby bomb. That was in the, fact that baby bomb better work, nerdlinger. Wow. <laughs> The fact that the even the family put together the the mom the guy in the dress is the mom they were just luring that's bait right that and then the greasers chicken in a basket chicken in a basket and they're like ha 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 and they go and they come out hopping and then here comes machine gun right behind him you got to finish the joke got to finish the joke and the jokes themselves are it's all head crushing and even <laughs> violent mach- so violent machine gun goes his first kill when he skewers that guy in the butt. With the big old blade he's With got. The blade. And the, the cars, the cars themselves are so comical and cartoonish. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. They they are characters. They are. The and, big bull, the Frankenstein's monster, well, machine yeah. guns tank, the, the, the German's tank. The, I mean, and they all are reflective. I, I loved uh, Calamity Jane's horn car. Me too. And the fact Me too. that she's chased the guy down with the, with the thing. Toro. It's a cartoon. I want Frankenstein's creature. I want that monster car. That's a cool car. That one is pretty rad. I... Did they now? Did they ever put out like Hot Wheels? I'm sure they had to. Somebody has to. If they I haven't, distinctly remember one very similar looking to that. Me so too. I don't know if Corman could have sued too. someone, but I because ah, I even think or I vice mean, versa. Or, yeah. It is Corman, you know. <laughs> Oops, we're gonna let that one slide. Are you sure, Roger? That's a slight. No, we're yeah, good. Yeah, it's we're fine. good. We're good. It's Frankenstein's. <laughs> um. And then we technically, did we have any red shirts within that? We had, let's see, uh, no, that's the, and then of course David Carradine Mm -hmm. of the Carradine Brothers, of which there are many, and the idea of Frankenstein, just this, this symbol of America that you can, anyone can be Frankenstein, Yeah, which I kind of like the idea, and the fact that that's what it is, it is just this government sanctioned driver, basically, Mm -hmm. that they keep recreating which technically just shouldn't it be the monster yeah or this is is this a depiction of america that we're so stupid we don't understand we don't care well how many people they was i really wanted our relationship to be like the bride and frankenstein have you all watched that movie it's like you know it's not ideal no it's come on people come on it's ridiculous other things here that i'm going through here looking at the point system the french saboteurs that entire thing the fact that I would like to think that Verhoeven pulled a little from some of this because of the way the news is being represented. Yeah. Our 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 anchor. Our anchor, rockin' Ricky Rialto from Gremlins. So many things being familiar. Right. Because we we so we recently had I had a chance to host. It was a Gremlins double feature, which oh my god, I've never watched them back to back, number one. It's glorious. It was so much fun. 
so so much fun but yeah rock and ricky rialto in the first one that voice was this is why i love spielberg spielberg is probably the biggest fan of genre probably the biggest proponent of genre because if you think about what because when we were watching gremlins it's steven spielberg presents gremlins but he gave Joe Dante the keys mm-hmm. to that little kingdom. Well, and fucking Jurassic Park is one of the biggest budget creature Monster features movie. of all time. <laughs> and then he gave Toby Hoop Hooper the keys to a you know ghost movie. Like he understand he is he's so good with genre. Yeah, and, that, and that's what I love to think that you know a movie like this is one that is just right up his alley. Mm-hmm. Like this is just everything about it is perfect well and then again like like we were talking about euthanasia day they're like oh well it's just cheaper if we put everybody out in the street and then frankenstein's like oh fuck them it's the doctor and even then the the guys like oh those doctors seem pretty smug year after year that frankenstein is almost like the voice of the people now yeah and as it turns out we have uh, we do have literally the voice of the people uh this little revolutionary group that's going on again with the cartoon killings uh very much in the Running Man vein again. Mm-hmm. And I know this came out in 75, but I love it when I see how all these movies cribbed some of these oh, from yeah. these earlier ones. And I'm sure that this one probably cribbed from beforehand as well, but it works so well. But And, and it also, like, send up of, like, things that we still have to this day, like the vapid celebrities. Like, I'm talking oh, to my yeah. good friend Frankenstein and my good friend Calamity Jane and my good friend the president, right? And then I was talking to you off mic. How many people would know that that guy was supposed to be like a parody of Howard Cosell? A very dated. If you go back to uh, another Christmas go classic. Go back to the times of Mesopotamia. Better Off Dead. Also cribs from that. I guarantee you people are going to be lost for that. No, there is a film like this is very much a time capsule mm-hmm. within a time capsule because it's supposed to be set in the future. Yes. Even and I would have preferred it be in 1997 myself. However, the matte paintings were a nice touch. I like those. Those That's, were a nice touch. The car work in this movie was good. Was wonderful. Yeah, it was. I well, sadly, I can almost guarantee you there were probably some non-permitted shooting stuff going on where people could have been hurt. Maybe it looked kind of violent. There were some, <laughs> some instances where I was like, "Oh, I hope no one gets hurt doing that." But honestly, and it, and it comes in at like 81 minutes. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, the pacing was perfect. The little bits when they were pausing, I thought was great. Uh, just the interplay yeah. between all the drivers, the navigators, it just, it just, it works. The whole throwing the president subplot, the whole, the fact that he has like the president capital in Puerto Vallarta, you know, and just like all kinds of shit like that. There was a hand grenade, hand a grenade. hand grenade. It was a goddamn cartoon, and I loved every fucking second of it. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they wanted to make, and they made it. And I think this is a film that continues to influence, be it killer cars, dystopian society, satire. A lot of it will play, and a lot of people will probably come back to this movie, I think. I hope so. It's a good movie. It's a funny, mean movie. It's colorful. It's comical. I Like I said, I had so much fun rewatching it. That I'm, I'm hoping people go back to it. Yeah, and I'm sure someone will eventually because it spawned a number of things. But if you don't get the joke, I understand. Well, you know what? I I think the maybe some of the jokes potentially, but I just think the overall theme. I mean, overall, like is if still, it's, uh, yeah, I would give every, I would definitely check it out. But if you're like, yeah, that's pretty good, guys. But no, I understand if it's not for everybody, but it is so wonderfully absurd. Oh. It, you can't help, but I mean, quite honestly, don't you think at this point, like even some video games were probably influenced from this? Oh, absolutely. Like any of your driving absolutely. games. Absolutely. Twisted Metal, fucking anyone where you get points to kill people, they owe a lot to Death Race 2000. Well, and this leads us to, we went to the remake of this. Mm-hmm. We wanted to follow up because we, listen, we both knew, had I because quite honestly, it was a first timer for me. And I always, 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 I'm looking to ideally see if I can incorporate a first timer for me. And in this case. And we never get to talk about Jason Statham. <laughs> Who was that? Jason Statham. Making and, the door. <laughs> and there's a reason. Because I don't want to put too much tax on you there, my friend. <laughs> but when we're watching this, and I, uh, what I love with a lot of these movies, especially when I go in blind, is the discovery of the credits. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized why this 
the whole episode might be dangerous is seeing not only Jason Statham in this, but Ian McShane. And knowing your propensity. Jason Statham and Ian McShane together in the same movie. <laughs> oh, what will we do with the both of us? Probably fight. You know, it's just <laughs> And it was about, probably about 20 minutes in, I kind of looked over to you and I'm like, oh man, I don't know how you're going to get through this episode because I already know you're going to be throwing both of those out there. I know, right? I'm just glad Buck Flowers wasn't jumping in. What are you peckerheads doing? Well, Buck, glad you could join us. Yes, let's do this. Right? And just like, <laughs> I'm afraid that would throw you into a spiral <laughs> that we could never get you out of. I just become shattered. I just become like crazy Jane. I got like 75 fucking personalities in my head and they're all vying for existence. Like just wackiness. Like uh, little do you when know. When you gonna let me out? I'm like get back in there, Michael. You know, and just like. <laughs> Did you see Split by any chance? You're right. There's, there I'm it sorry. is. <laughs> Next time something happens on the show, it, it wasn't me. It was Patricia. Right? And just like. I like you having out there, my friend. <laughs> Pretty clever. Always have a blend B. <laughs> but no, you are correct. We do not get to talk about Jason Statham. No, on this. we don't. We did not talk about Meg. It's a Megalodon. <laughs> when we went through our shark. I, I wanted to. I fucking championed it, though. And want to know why, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> so he could do that the entire time. I knew there was a reason why. <laughs> One way or the other, you're sneaking the Statham in there. <laughs> but let's face it. You even, when we were watching this, you're like, I am a Statham apologist. Mm -hmm. There is no... <sighs> even the Uwe Boll one all champion. I was about to say, what is... Not, not the worst Jathan Statham, but what is the one that tested your patience? That probably? one. Was it? That one. In the name of the king. Was that in the name of the king or in the name of the king too? Did you do a sequel to one of those? I, and I think I probably saw both of them. Oh no, wow. I've seen every Jason Statham movie. Like, everyone. Every single one. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. You you are a fan of his work. I am. Which makes me glad we got to see this because I also am a fan. Now, here's what's funny is I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. Ooh. Except for Hobbs and Shaw, which is probably not the best one to start with because you want to talk about a cartoon universe. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Oh, start my. with four. That's what I've heard. Or even five, potentially. Four or five. When I get but... into the heisty stuff. Mm -hmm. But I love Statham. I saw the Transporter in the theater back Me in the too. day. One, two, and three, I saw that. And then I saw um, Safe and Blitz and um, Elite. Hell, hell. All you have to do is go back to when John Carpenter's goes to Mars. Yep, yep. He's Stay got hair. hair. He's it's got weird. hair. It's it is. Weird. It is. It, I use Prowl. <laughs> it's, just, it's like Vincent Price without a mustache. And Statham with hair. It's It's odd. just not. It, the symmetry is off when it comes to that. But I was familiar with the fact that Paul W.S. Anderson, mm -hmm. who... Again, I like as well. And, oh, and he is another filmmaker that is very divisive amongst people. Yes, he is. There are some people like yourself that really adore him. And I know there are some people out there that don't adore him. Right. That really dislike his work. Now, I'll go to bat 100% for the first Resident Evil, for Event Horizon, for this movie. I'll go to bat. And here we go, then. We've got two people, genius, that you're going to be able to go to bat for. You, my friend, I think if they were running the death race, you would stand in front of them and go, it's all for you guys. <laughs> it's all for you, Jason. It's, it's all for you, Jason. <laughs> all for you. So were, were you excited then when you heard about this? Because I knew of this film. I knew the fact that I it spawned like a couple of... I. Are they direct-to-video sequels? Yeah. But I knew that the original Death Race inspired a remake plus sequels. Well, honestly, the remake is why I saw the first one. Get out of here, really? Yeah, I backwards so you were able engineer to... it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so really cool. I, so then, yeah, I, I wanted to go see the movie. Wait, oh my goodness, because having just watched Death Race, the remake... Totally different. Absolutely totally different. Oh my different. goodness. Not your grandfather's uh -uh. Death Race. Uh-uh. What... So, I guess the tonal whip, like, because I really enjoy it because it's so different. Well, I love it because it's if Death Race two thousand is a hyper violent wacky races, Death Race is a hyper violent Mario Kart. It's both hyper violent. It's both. It's exactly what it says. It's a race where people die and you get points killing. It, the spirit is there. I mean, the the, the bare and, bones. And they literally, ladies and gentlemen, having just watched this movie, not understanding it, they literally roll over. Uh, decals, power ups, yes, power -ups. And, they, 
and I, I was, I looked at you. I was like, wait, wait, this is, this is Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. What is happening here? It's a me, Mario. No, that's more Jason Statham. I mean, that's more Ian McShane. <laughs> Mario, I'll get you. Fucking, give me, give me, give me Statham saying, "I'm a gonna win." I'm a gonna win. <laughs> and then the Ian McShane. Here we go. <laughs> it's me, Ian. Literally, it messed Yo- me up. Yoshi, Yoshi, Yoshi. It, it threw what me up. What have up. you done? You. <laughs> Someone killed Yoshi's. Someone killed Yoshi's dog. Yeah. The, it. Yeah. We're not going that way. Welcome We're not to, going. That welcome way. to Bowser's castle. That's the wacky races we need. The John Wick verse. We need the Death Race verse. You have Ian McShane. I didn't realize we were getting a Shawshank movie right? with this Death Race. <laughs> with Tyrese, too. Yeah. And Joan Allen, Kansas City native and KU spokesperson, her him and her and Tom Skerritt. C- classy actor. Mm-hmm. When Joan Allen shows up. Academy I'm, Award nominee Joan Allen. Hells yeah. <laughs> that was a nice surprise. And she adds that little bit of gravitas. Mm-hmm. I would not fuck with her. She plays like cold villainous so well. She does. She does. And that's without even reading the script. I mean, she just projects mm-hmm. that icy feel. That total waspian woman that you want no part of. Yeah. Because she's going to mess you up. <laughs> uh, th- there were... Going into this, I... Love the fact that they take the same premise of it—a state-funded, you know, race that's set to help the, the masses in a fascist, totalitarian state. But they go different, man. I mean, this yeah. one is hyper-violent. It's the gritty reboot. The 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 stunt work in this is top-notch. It looked like almost everything was practical for mm-hmm. the most part, which I wasn't expecting. I should have though, but I was kind of and hoping. against some of that digital stuff none of it it was all practical and oh my god you talk about like hoping people didn't get hurt in that first one and i know it was probably well researched but the stunt work in the death race remake was crazy when they threw the dude out the car and he hit that and i'm like oh "Oh." (laughs) it's i'm the reaper you can't kill me (laughs) Bunk. <laughs> it's it's not funny. No, but but they have a good sense of comic timing when it comes to the violence. Yeah, because the, the first one knows it's a comedy, mm-hmm. a satire. This one is just an action. It's film. an action movie. There is no satire involved. There is no self awareness involved. No, no real message. No nothing. It's just like you want to see cars go smashy, smashy. Well, as a matter of fact, I do. And so yeah, I do too. Right, and then just like. And they just go and do their thing. Here, no. Do the yeah, me boss bit from Bugs Bunny, but between Ian McShane and Jason Statham. And one for you. <laughs> and one for me. And one for you. 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 Was that Statham doing a French accent? <laughs> That's horrible. That's even more doubly offensive. I'm, I'm going to steer you away from this one now. We're going to go away from this. Now... The only thing that, and it didn't take me because I should have known it's going to, they had the sexy babes in the first one. They're going to have the sexy babes in this one. Mm -hmm. And it's just so funny because there's so much mid-drift in this. It's a lot of mid-drift. But it was the time. It was Mm -hmm. the style at the time. and (laughs) They tied an onion to their mid-drift? I I was... I was half expecting Frankenstein's reveal at the end to come out with a little tied up thing in the jumpsuit. Right. Just like at least whale he, tail. At least he didn't come out like Frankenstein did in the original. Oh, with yeah. the with the leather with the S and M bondage leather Captain or Doctor Manhattan thing going on. Let's just say no dong was hung. Right. We, we, Frank and Dong. It's a megalodon. <laughs> Jesus it's a Megalodon. Are you proud of yourself? Are you proud of yourself? Only, of. only took us 53 minutes to get to that, so I think you've you've done well, my friend. You've done well. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I I don't have a lot to say about the remake, just because it is so different from that. It's not a horror film. It's just a pure action. But I had fun with it. I like legitimately enjoyed the movie. I had no idea what to expect, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And so when I said, I'm not going to lie, occasionally some of those action movies, they get a little too machismo for me, or like the... The metal musical kicking, but when they had that guy narrating the death race thing, mm-hmm. you know, not our rock and really retire, reti- but the generations that guy, right? Because it's like, wait, isn't that that guy? You're like, yeah, it's that guy. It's that guy. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to pay for the streaming. Subscribe now for 
Death Race 2000. <laughs> it kind of sucked me in, I'm not going to lie. But it little things like that added to the flavor of the original, mm-hmm. knowing where it came from, but again, being its own thing. And that's what I like about a remake. Taking the spirit of the original, but making it its own thing. And yeah. that's what this one did. It just, it's its own thing. I like that. But I also like the fact that the original still exists. I would like to see a remake that's more akin to the Wacky Races. Like, I would like to see the Death Race 2020. Well, given the, like, the Ocean's 11, Ocean 12, those cats could probably pull off something like that. Uh Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Especially with, like, their A talent, but then don't, but you'd prefer kind of, you don't want the Laugh Olympics. You want Wacky Races. I want Wacky Races. I want want B. I want B people. Mm -hmm. I want, like, modern corpsmen. I want, like. Spectrovision cats. I want. Like, Sorry, I went Harvey Corman and was thinking of the munchies. <laughs> Harvey Corman. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Tim, yeah, I know. Tim Conway. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry, Dorf on death. <laughs> <laughs> he'd have a little. He'd have a smaller scythe and a little smaller thing. I, wow, Jesus Christ! Again. Nobody's gonna know these references. You're gonna all have to, They're gonna go to YouTube and look Dorf on Death, and they're gonna. Go, Do you mean Dorf on Golf? I guess I don't know. Sure. These old folks over here spouting all this shit. <laughs> if anything, I'd like to think, and I read somewhere that someone said if you're going into college nowadays, you really need to beef up on your 70s, 80s, and 90s trivia because that's what your professors are gonna be pulling from. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's kind of true. I have to give. So much context when I pull up clips now because they're like, "What is that?" Going back to Death December, the beginning, we're all a little stunt. We're man all Mike. a little bit of stunt man, Mike. Man, we're all a little bit like, don't you remember this one? No, no. But he was into it. No, yeah, okay. It's, Christmas it, time. <laughs> it is Christmas time, but that's the warmth of Death December and all these death in the title films is they they make us feel good. And quite honestly, between Death Proof, Death Becomes Her, Death Race Two Thousand, and Death Race. These have all been fun films. Mm-hmm. Well, for death in the title, yes. Which is not ironic. I just think it's something we all have to deal with it. We all have to address it. Mm-hmm. I think if we laugh at it, and laughing is a good way to deal with it. I had a ball. I remember seeing Death Race 2, the Death Race, the new one, in the theater when it came out. Wait, so you saw this in the theater? Fuck yeah, I did, dude. Holy shit. If I can see, if I can see a Jason Statham movie opening weekend in the theater, I'm going to go see a fucking Jason Statham movie. Where did opening. Statham start for you then? Ooh transporter was it transporter was the first one okay. i was like this dude is fucking rad right and so then like i do we go see transporter too and then like follow jason statham's career i wasn't wasn't it in the lock stock or snatch films hmm? did you get to those later yeah okay i got to those later okay but okay. like for my big introduction to statham it was transport okay so no i love it but i saw this in the theater and actually took my mom because she's a big jason statham fan as well for different reasons and a lot of the same. So like, I was gonna say no. And a lot, of the, on, okay. and a lot a, of the same. It's a safe place here. Genius. And a lot of the same. So like, <laughs> we went to go see it. Like if there's a Jason Statham movie, if I can see it opening weekend in the theater, I'm gonna go see it in opening weekend in the theater. Like Spy. Fucking, I went to go see Pink Panther because he Jay-Z's in it. Spy's not bad. Spy though. is great. Spy's really Spy good. Spy is hilarious. Spy was very sneaky. I remember watching. Going, wow, this is. I'm really having fun with this. Spy was really good. He was great in that. He can make fun of himself, and I like that. He does have a sense of humor, and that's why I think I appreciate his work. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the fact that he's done some fun genre weird material, because he's game. Expendables? Yeah. I mean, like, all of them? All of them, potentially. Yeah, yeah, and of course. Now, is it Luke Goss, I think, is actually takes over the role of Frankenstein in the Death Race sequels after that? I haven't watched him. It doesn't have Statham. No, I know it. The Statham does go away, sadly, <laughs> which, of course, when Statham goes out, Genius checks out. Sorry. Sorry, Frankenstein. Well, that's kind of cool, though, the fact that you've been able to see both of these in the theater. Yeah. 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 Which is that's, something. That is kind of neat. That is. You don't ever see death. Ra- you don't see any of these things in the theater anymore, you know? No. I mean. Well, of course. All things considered. Yeah, but. It'll happen again. Yeah. But, yeah, it, people don't, like, it seems like. Death Race 2000 is kind of like under seen. Yeah. You, know, you don't see a lot of people talking about it. You definitely don't see a lot of people talking about Death Race. Well, if we were to do a double feature, which one do you, would you play first? Oh, I would definitely maybe play the um, 
I'd play the remake first. So would I. I would play the remake first, get your action, get that adrenaline pumping, and then like, okay, let's have let's have some laughs. Let's have some fun. Let's have some laughs. That's why our, our brains work yeah. well, my friend. Our brains work well. <laughs> so, um, final thoughts here on Death Race 2000, Death Race, and any of the other titles in Death December. Uh, I had a blast with this month. I, I think, that, like, again, they were all fun movies. No well, matter how dark and violent they got, they were still a lot of fun. Well, I think no matter how dark and violent we get, we can always find some bits of humor. And that's what I love with the show, what we've been doing here. And mm-hmm. next week, we are going to be closing out the year as it is. And actually, we'll be releasing on Christmas Day. Christmas time! So technically, whether you celebrate uh, you know, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, what, whatever you're celebrating around this time of the year, let's... Celebrate all year round. Mm-hmm. Let's be good to each other. You know, a lot of negativity out there. Yeah. Let's just let's just let's be kind. Absolutely. It doesn't take any any time at all to do that. So, we are going to be doing our best of mm-hmm. next week, and that are going to be our top films of the year, top moments of the year, things that have made us trying to get through 2020 as much as we can. It's the little lights that we've found here. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. We'll see you in your dreams. Maybe.